Because she, yep. <laughs> oh she's poor leg. <laughs> no, <laughs> with me that would have been my shin. It, it was like my upper shin. That does not hurt. The middle shin hurts the worst. Oh, Goddamn. <laughs> Don't mind me. I just ran into the couch. I was staring at my Apollo candle and I ran into the couch. It's mine. All right. Welcome back to the Moon Sun Podcast. I'm Nick and I'm Shay. And today I am going to be talking about. Well, intro to candle magic. Yes. Why you should start doing some candle magic. Yes. And Shay is going to be talking about Apollo. Apollo. And I lit his candle so that he can be excited. And, and it this works episode out. episode can be an offering to him. Also, it works out perfectly because I'm talking about candle magic. And Shay can talk about the candle she lit. I lit two Other candles. than the Apollo candle. Yeah, I lit two candles. But we will have her talk about that after I get done talking. Okay. Before you get started with candle magic, it's useful to reflect on what you will actually be doing. Understanding why you might want to do a candle spell, what is and isn't. Thoughtfully considered your own magical code of ethics. And getting a basic candle magic spell under your belt will start you on your way. What? I know the flame got bigger. Well, the flame got bigger and then emitted smoke. Like, hi, I can hear you. It was weird. <laughs> and then I looked at it and then you stopped reading and it got really still. I know. I like, saw that. I continue. I can see that. <laughs> like, yeah. continue. <laughs> it's time to claim your birthright of using fire to create magical change in your life. Candle magic is a key to creating powerful rituals that rocket your intentions toward your magical goals. Boom. Fire itself is inherently mythical and magical, and it's older than recorded history. (laughs) Every time you light a candle, you connect to your oldest ancestors and their deep wisdom about fire's mystical power. Candle spells are indeed magical because the help us they help us focus our wishes, commit to our spell work, and give power to our intention. The element to fire represents action, will, and creation. Fire has the ability to rage through our lives like a devastating forest fire or gently warm us like a campfire. Fire creates change. It's no wonder that fire has been a part of magic for eons. Look at every early culture and civilization and you'll find fire in legends and myths. Candles are our connection through history and across cultures to the pure essence of fire's ancient forces. Force. Ancient force. Force. When we make magic with candles, we connect to our deepest primal self, our magical self. Lighting a candle for a magical purpose is like shooting off a rocket of power toward your goal. Candles have energy and force and pack it all into a limited time span. Unlike something like a charm bag that you may carry with you every day for a year or more, A candle spell packs that punch into a right now time frame. I'm not dissing on can charm bags or anything. It's just candle 
magic is like a let's do this now. Yeah. Charm bags are like a fey who. It's going to take some time to make it work. Mm-hmm. Long haul situation. Candles, Candles are like the opposite of Fehu. If you want to change like right brain. now. Yes. Do it. If there is something that you need to manifest quickly or you need some immediate change, then a candle spell will push things through with its own particular intensity. Another special thing about candle spells is that they are infinite, infinite, infinitely adaptable. They can be used for wishes and intentions or for inviting spirits, ancestors, or deities to a ritual. You can customize them to your level of magical knowledge or for your particular life circumstances. Mm. Candle spells also help us focus. You cannot light a candle while being distracted. Burned fingers will attest to that. <laughs> if you have tried to do other kinds of spells and have found that it couldn't that you couldn't keep your mind from wandering, <coughs> candle spells will help you to focus your intentions on your goal. With candle spells, we are also given an opportunity to check in on a spell's progress by reading how a candle burns or reading its remains. We can see if there are issues surrounding our wishes that need cleaning up or spiritually redirection. And doing a candle spell just feels so darn magical and fun. Yeah, it does. You'll feel the power within yourself every single time you prepare your spell speak your spell words and light up that candle with authority <laughs> nick does that old dad authority fist across your chest authority movement just <laughs> yes. now that was pretty great Many people like to cleanse their candles as well as the reset of their tools. Not reset. The rest of their tools <laughs> before beginning spell work. Candles are more delicate than some other tools. So your method should be chosen carefully to prevent damage. Fumigation can be used, provided they are kept distant from the heat source, and cleansing by water can also be done with care. So Fumigation, like incense. Yeah. Or if it's over open flame kind of thing. Also, don't douse your wick and then try to light it. No, well, no. You cleanse it with water. It like water with care, aka don't douse your wick and then be like, "Well, I want it light." Or yeah, you douse it, but then just wait a few, a little bit, let it dry off, yeah. and then you can light it. Yeah. Many spells will call for your candle to be anointed or dressed before your spell work begins. This works best with a taper candle, but it does not have to be particularly large. To dress your taper, you will carefully coat the candle with oil. The type of oil used varies from tradition and individual. Olive oil is a popular choice, but many people prefer to use an oil with less scent to it, like grapeseed or sunflower oil. Essential oils 
that correspond to the intent of the spell may be added to the seed carrier oil if it suits. The actual method of coating the candle with oil also varies by tradition and individual. In addition to dressing with oil, you may be advised to dress your candle with herbs. This is done by crushing the herbs into a fire, crushing the herbs into a fine powder and then rolling the oiled candle in the crushed herbs so that the herbs stick to the oil and coat the candle. Yes, also be careful how many <coughs> herbs and shit you put on it because herbs can catch a light. Very and if easily. You put too much, you can have an out of control flame before you know it. If you don't burn anything ever, you're not a real witch. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody burns something, either their table or themselves. And it doesn't have to be a taper candle. You can get a glass candle and put the herbs on top of it before yes. you light it. So if they do catch on fire, it's all contained. But you um, still better watch it just to be safe. You can also, for example, I'm going to make an Apollo oil. And I'm going to use like a skewer and make holes in it and mm -hmm. then put the oils down into the candle to dress it up a little bit more. Yes. Um, so today we have lit a money manifestation candle for the podcast. Um, it currently doesn't have any herbs or anything on it because I don't have any right off my nose that I would use. But it has been... Um, carved it has been carved and it has been lit and it apparently really likes nick talking about candle <laughs> magic right now it's just kind of like oh oh now it's talking now it's like you're talking about me <sighs> i also have my apollo candle lit so that he can hear his episode dedicated to him so i mean he can hear it anyway but then he can talk to me through his candle and tell me if he's excited about it or not so sources is Wikipedia, <laughs> go and donate. It's a free source. They have a donation to keep it up and going. Yeah, just like Wikipedia and Murderpedia. You can do just a dollar. Yeah, donate. It doesn't matter. Donate three dollars a month, one to each. Yep, you can. Boom. And then the book of candle magic by Madame Pemita. Pretty sure that's how you say her name. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bud, are you ready? Are you He's listening? He's moving. I, I told you yes. Okay, Apollo is the only deity currently that I work with. I have had an experience with Hecate. I don't currently work with her. I have some candles coming so that I can see if she likes it, see if it was just a one-time thing. Seeing how I took most the colorful candles. No, that's fine. Hers has to be black. So I, I ordered a specifically okay. black one like that. Okay. Because yeah. I just have those small paper okay, hers candles. Hers doesn't have to be black. Some of them are like black and red. But but the black ones are cooler. Or black and purple. She Ooh, likes purple black too. and purple. Um, Is that why that's my favorite color? Maybe. Colors? Maybe. <laughs> uh, she's the goddess of witchcraft, so maybe she's looking out for you. Could be. Um... Okay, so we will talk about Apollo. Um, the next spooky zone, I should talk about my Hecate experience. 
because I don't think I talked about it the last time. Maybe I did. I'll have to listen to the episode again. Well, nobody can hear that episode because that's when we had one microphone that was shitty. And so the sound quality is bad. So even if I talked about it, you probably don't know that I talked about it. So yeah. we'll just talk about it the next time we do a spooky episode. All right. Apollo. He is the god of the sun, the arts, music and poetry specifically, um, healing and plague, prophecy, archery, and agriculture. He is the child of Zeus and the Titan Leto. Artemis is his twin sister. Um, he is often called Phoebus, which means bright. He and Artemis are in charge of protecting children. Apollo for the boys and Artemis for the girls. Um, the why is in their story. I'll get to that in a minute. Helios is technically the god of the sun. But Apollo shone so brightly that he overshadowed Helios. He is also referred to as the sun god due to the fact that every morning in his chariot, he brings the sun up, and every night he takes the sun away in his chariot. How cute is that? That's kind of cute. It's super cute. Um, so his beginning, <laughs> as one of Zeus's lovers, Leto incurred the wrath of Hera, which is apparently super easy to do. Who said that, but why wouldn't it be when your husband is a whore? Oh, yeah. Anyway, can you tell which one I don't like? Who set, so Hera set, the dragon python to pursue Leto throughout the lands so that she could not rest while she was in labor and forbade her to give birth on solid earth. Like, so the land of Delos was the only place that would take in Leto because they knew that she was being pursued via Hera. Uh, so this is where Leto balanced on an olive branch and birthed Artemis, who then helped her birth Apollo as well. She wasn't on solid ground. She was on an olive branch. How? You, Hera. Very That'd difficult. That'd be difficult to yeah. give labor on an olive branch. Yeah, that helps if you're a titan. True. <laughs> so Apollo has a vengeful streak a mile wide, as you will learn later on in my segment. Oh, his first tale. Technically, most of that he didn't do. I would just like to say that. His first tale of vengeance was on Python for terroring, terrorizing his mother while she was trying to find a place to give birth. So the legend goes, fed exclusively with nectar and ambrosia after birth. In four days, he grew strong and hungry for revenge. So he went straight to Parnassus, where Python lived, and wounded the monster with his arrows. Python managed to escape and shelter itself at Gaia's ancient sanctuary in Delphi. Apollo was so enraged that he dared to violate the sanctity of the site by staining it with Python's blood. Zeus ordered him to cleanse himself, after which he returned to Delphi and claimed the shrine to his name. After this, Delos and Delphi became Delphi? Delphi became sacred sites for worshipping Leto, Artemis, and Apollo, of course. They said Zeus, too, but he's got enough places to worship him. Um, he is associated with the Nine Muses as god of the arts, and the lyre is his specific music instrument. It's the one that looks like a tiny handheld harp. Oh, okay. And it's, like, curly. Yeah. Shaped like a U with curlies on the end of it. Um, the day Hermes was born, <laughs> Hermes is as fun. He invented the lyre and stole Apollo's red cattle. A story for another time. So to appease his older brother, because Zeus is also Hermes' dad, 
Hermes gave the lyre to Apollo, and ever since then, the lyre became one of Apollo's most famous attributes, and he is its most celebrated master. As the god of music, you don't challenge Apollo or say you are better at music than him. It's as bad as saying you or someone is more beautiful than Aphrodite. Like, asking to have your life ruined or ended. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, This, however, (laughs) like in the case of claiming to be more beautiful than Aphrodite, didn't stop gods, creatures, or humans from challenging Apollo. So, Merseus was the first to challenge him. He was a satyr. He was good at playing the alos, which is like their pipes. Mm-hmm. Um, and equaling Apollo's skill, he lost, however, because unlike Apollo, Merseus couldn't sing while playing. Mm-hmm. His punishment was to be hanged inside a cave and flayed alive. Oh, shit. <laughs> Like that, I said. that escalated dramatic, dramatically. <laughs> dramatically, slightly vengeful. Next was Pan, who is another god, challenged Apollo and remained unscathed. However, Midas, the only judge who deemed that Pan was better, got donkey ears since he obviously lacked human ears for music in the first place. Shit. The last was Sinraeus. The king of Cyprus and a great flute player. His death wa- is uncertain. He was either killed by Apollo or committed suicide. Or my personal favorite option, technically both influenced by Apollo into <laughs> taking his own life. Involuntary suicide. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> right? Like He's just like, do this. And then he's like, done. Um, Apollo's <laughs> done. done. Apollo's <laughs> ill-fated lovers. He didn't like when you said ill-fated lovers. Well, that's because it's painful, isn't it? It's like, yeah. Uh, Apollo was loved by gods and humans, women and men, and more often than not, he loved them back. Most famous and most in general are the ones that went very bad. So there are the three mortals. There are three mortals. Cronos uh, was pregnant with one of Apollo's children when she fell in love with another mortal. A white crow spotted them and informed Apollo of this affair, which enraged Apollo so much that his intense glare scorched the raven, and that's why we have black ravens. <gasps> I want a white one, though. I know. <laughs> Seeing a white little raven? Oh, my God. That'd be so awesome. Uh, technically, if you see a right white raven, it means either something extremely good or death, deathly bad. Is well, that's with every omen. It could be one or the other, and you never know which one it is. Uh, but with the black ones, it's like, depending on number, if it's going to be good or bad. Mm-hmm. A white raven, it's just like, throw it out there. Throw a stick and hope it falls in the right direction. <laughs> um, his sister Artemis killed Chronosis. Cronus, Cronus, I don't know, Cronus, as a punishment. Um, and Apollo saved the unborn child at the last minute, feeling remorse for Cronus's death. Marpessa, Apollo fell in love with her. This one's sad. Her lover, she also had a lover who was human named Idas. He had already went through hell to get to her, risking his own life while abducting her. Um, but because she had been like taken by Hades because he felt like it. So he didn't back down facing his own death. 
Zeus stepped in to stop the fighting and gave Marpessa the chance to choose, and she chose Idas since she feared that Apollo would stop loving her after she grows old. Because he won't grow old. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and then there's Cassandra. You did not name Cassandra. She was a Trojan princess. If you have watched Troy, they made her fall in love with Achilles in the movie. Uh, Apollo attempted to seduce her by gifting her the gift of prophecy. She backed out of the deal, and since Apollo couldn't rescind the deal, because they can't take back their gifts, he decided to spoil it. So he took away Cassandra's powers of persuasion, therefore she couldn't convince anybody that her visions were real. (laughs) Even when she saw the Greeks in the Trojan horse, no one heeded her warnings, leading to the fall of Troy. Um... What they think is the most famous is the Daphne story. And I talked about this in the Heart Shocker episode that I realized I have not remembered to post at this present time. You will have heard it by the time this comes out. Um, she was a nymph. So now we are on to a creature who vowed to Artemis. She, she, was, she worshipped Artemis and she vowed to Artemis to re- remain eternally innocent, a.k.a. virginal. I spelled that wrong. Um, because that is Artemis's thing. She requires virginal goddesses or virginal priestesses. That's the word I was looking for. Um, Apollo fell for her and stalked her and tried to take away her innocence. <laughs> so she asked for help and was turned into a laurel tree. As a reminder, Apollo wears a crown of laurel as one of his symbols. Mm-hmm. Cyperissus, he loved Apollo greatly. Apollo gifted him a pet deer who somehow, Cyperissus, accidentally killed the baby deer, which I don't... How do you accidentally kill? It it didn't specify. (laughs) Every time I looked, every place I looked for this legend, it didn't specify how he accidentally killed the baby deer, but he did. So he asked his divine lover to let him... Be filled with sorrow and suffering forever. So unwillingly, Apollo did as he was asked and transformed Cyparisus into a cypress tree. Is Cyparisus a girl or a guy? Boy. A boy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite, and I feel like most painful lover of Apollo's was Hyacinthus. Hyacinth? His name is Hyacinthus. Hyacinthus. He was a favorite of Apollo, and he loved Apollo as well. Zephyrus, the west wind, also fell in love with Hyacinthus and was angry and jealous at Hyacinthus's love for Apollo. So one day, Apollo and Hyacinthus were practicing in the fields, throwing like discuses, because that was a thing back then. Practicing. No, they were actually throwing. <laughs> Here's why. I'm sorry. I had to turn everything I into gay fantasy but here, okay? Zephyrus pulled up his west wind and caused, caused a discus to swerve and mortally wound Hyacinthus in the head. Oh. Apollo was devastated, and he pleaded with Hades not to take him and very much didn't want to be without Hyacinthus. In the end, Hades took him to the underworld where he belonged. But Apollo refused to let him take all of Hyacinthus to his realm. 
Out of hyacinthus's spilled blood, Apollo created a flower which bears his lover's name to this day. Hyacinth. Aww. I know. You're going to make me cry. I know. That's why it's my favorite. That's, that's like the most l- romantic love thing you could ever do. I know. Fucking <sighs> Zephyrus. West wind, bitch. Goddamn Titans ruining everything. I know. <sighs> so, in Homer's epic, The Iliad... Apollo plays an important role in some events of it. For starters, refer back to the Cassandra story. Uh, If you don't know, the movie Troy is based off of the Iliad. The Iliad is a little bit different in many ways. For example, they make Cassandra Achilles' lover. Uh, They make, what the fuck is his name? Pericles? Patroclus. They make Patroclus uh, Achilles' cousin. And he's not actually Achilles' cousin. He just fought with him. Anyway. Movies are weird. Uh, so, Troy specifically had a temple dedicated to Apollo along with a statue of him. So, Apollo sided with Troy mostly because Agamemnon, king of Mycenae, had captured Chryseis, the daughter of Apollo's priest, and refused to return her. The priest prayed to Apollo to punish the Greeks for refusing to give back his daughter, and Apollo heeded his prayer. The god shot an arrow infected with plague into the Greek encampment, spreading the disease among the Greeks. Therefore, Agamemnon had no choice but to return Chryseis to Apollo. Apollo also favored the Trojan hero Hector and provided him with newfound strength that helped him kill Patroclus, a wartime companion of Achilles, by stabbing him in the stomach with a spear. And later, after Achilles slayed Hector in a face-off, Apollo, angered, caused Achilles' death by guiding Paris, the prince of Troy, to strike an arrow on Achilles' heel. So, animals that Apollo likes. Dolphin, wolf, griffin, mouse, cattle, deer, swan, crane, kite. Kite? I don't think that's the right word. (laughs) I wrote kite. Maybe it was, (laughs) was supposed to be quail. Vulture, raven, and crow. Uh, there is a the Apollo has red cattle that live in the underworld, and those are the cattle that Hermes stole from him mm-hmm. on his first day of birth. Um, crystals, amber, and sapphire. Her- herbs, herbs. Herbs. Heliotrope, hyacinth, lily of the valley, sunflower, anise, mistletoe, and cypress. I mean, cypress is a tree, but you know. Cypress pieces. Um, You can also do things in his honor. As the god of arts, you could create music for him or write poems or paint for him. You can learn archery and dedicate it to him. I plan on doing that when I get my bow. I want to do that, too. Mm -hmm. Um, He loved to favor heroes, and there is a reason the Olympic Games gave people laurel crowns. So when you do physical activity, working out and such, dedicate that to him. People like to forget that it's not, that not every offering to a deity has to be a tangible touchable thing like this story is an offering to him Mm -hmm. earlier i played that nordic song on tiktok to see if he liked it and he did like the day that we went shooting when kirk and jane were back and i was wearing sunscreen and apollo was like i want your sunburn (laughs) here be sunburned because i was wearing sunscreen that day yeah he was like i need i need some sunburn here you go be sunburned. I was like, thanks, bud. Probably because you call him bud. <laughs> no, he likes it. He, he likes it. <laughs> 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 uh, 
All right. That is all that I have on my dear sweet Apollo. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Moon and Sun Podcast. We do have socials. Instagram. We have an Instagram. Podcast. All one word. All lowercase. I'm doing this. (laughs) Shh. (laughs) Instagram. Moon and Sun Podcast. All one word. All lowercase. Then we have Gmail. Email. Moon and Sun Podcast at gmail.com. All one word and all lowercase. And soon we'll be having a Facebook as well. Yes. We're not going to do Twitter. We hate Twitter. Literally, if you guys wanted a Twitter, all we would probably do is like retweet your tweets if you tagged us in shit. That'd, That'd be, be it. Because, well, we don't. Well. So it's kind of pointless to have a Twitter. Um, yes, since we have Facebook and Instagram. We will have a link tree in our Instagram bio soon. Today, actually. Today. You, it'll already be there by the time you listen to this. There is a link tree in the bio that has everywhere that you can listen to our podcast. You just click on the link and it'll pull up the podcast for you. Um, And I'll put the Facebook page in there. And when we get a Patreon, that'll go in there. Merch shop, that'll go in there. Oh, yeah. Speaking of merch shop, since I was reading the candle book, Mm -hmm. I'm going to start making candles. Yeah, I haven't just because it's very time consuming and i don't have the patience to make candles i do and the stove mark has is a glass top mm-hmm. which will be so much easier to clean if i spill any wax oh, yeah, on it yeah, <laughs> so he has the perfect that stove perfect. for that yeah it is it'll be easy to clean and then it wouldn't catch on fire yeah and there's no clutter All right. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you later next time on the Moon and Sun podcast. And don't forget your coffee.